Hello everyone, Mark here with a teaser of what's happening over on Patreon. Every month a new bonus episode is released on Patreon for members to show my appreciation of the support they are extending to the show. These bonus episodes have allowed me to head back through the series episodes where I take topics that were covered briefly and then explore them in a little more detail. These bonus episodes haven't taken anything away from my initial vision of the series, but have allowed me to supplement it with topics in isolation. This teaser is designed to give you an idea of the topics we cover and if these bonus episodes would be of interest to yourself. The teaser for the latest release will remain on the normal feed for a month and then replace with the teaser of the next bonus episode to come out. If you are interested in supporting the series, please consider heading over to the Casting Through Ancient Greece Patreon page, where you can get access to these bonus episodes plus other benefits. Hello everyone and welcome back to another bonus episode here on Patreon, where we will be turning to the Persian counterattack during the Ionian Revolt. So the last couple of bonus episodes we have been focused around the Ionian Revolt as we move towards the Greek and Persian Wars. This series look at the first recorded accounts of Greeks and Persians meeting in Anatolia some 50 years before the breakout of the Ionian Revolt. While last bonus episode we explored some of the underlying reasons for the revolt breaking out. I have enjoyed bringing these episodes to you as they've given me a chance to delve deeper into some of these aspects around the revolt that we covered in the main series. Plus I find going back after some time, researching these points in time, giving me somewhat of a fresh take on what was happening. So for this episode I'm not going to worry about going over the Greek actions around Sardis or the dealings of the Ionians and Aristagoras in much detail, since this had made up the main focus of the episode we did on the Ionian revolt in the main series. Instead, we will just briefly look at them to give some context and set us up for the main focus, this being the Persian response to the Ionian Revolt and their counterattack. This will then bring us to a point where our main instigator and leader, as Herodotus paints him, looking to abandon what appears to be a sinking ship. This will then see us move into the topic for the next bonus episode, where we will focus on the Battle of Larde. Even though Aristagoras would depart, the revolt still had its leaders and a final decisive battle would take place. But for this episode, let's explore the Persian counterattack and we'll begin with summarising the failed Greek attack on Sardis and the spread of the revolt. So by now we should be fully aware of the assistance Athens and Eritrea gave the Ionians as the revolt broke out, since I have brought this up many times. This would see a combined Greek force march inland to Sardis where they would attempt to capture the administrative capital of Ionia. The attack would get off to a good start with the Greek force surprising the Persians with them being able to march to Sardis unopposed and capturing most of the lower city. However, problems set in when they were unable to breach the Acropolis of Sardis, this giving the satrap some time to sound the alarm and have forces assembled to fight back. The Greek force would withdraw from Sardis and make their way back to the coast, after being unable to take the citadel. In that time, the Persians were able to assemble a mobile force and were able to catch up with the Greeks just outside of Ephesus. The Greeks would be forced to turn and fight a battle where they would be defeated, but the defeated army was able to make their way back to their various cities. The Athenians and Eritreans would sail back to the Greek mainland and would play no more of a role in the revolt. Much of Sardis would be destroyed in a fire that began during the Greek attack on the city. This fire would destroy a sacred temple in the city that would be of great focus of the Persian anger towards the Greeks. According to Herodotus, the Persian king Darius would ask who these Athenians were not concerning himself with the Ionians for now, as he was confident in what he had in store for them. 
From this account would come the story that Darius would have his servant whisper to him every time he sat down to eat, remember the Athenians. This would have been a popular story with the Athenians, who were the main audience of Herodotus' work, and would go on to defeat the Persian force that would eventually be sent against Athens nearly 10 years later. So, help from the Greek mainland had now disappeared in the Ionians' bid for freedom. However, this would not see the end of the revolt. After the Persian victory at Ephesus, it would seem the Persians did not have the resources in the region to deal with the wider issue of the revolt right away. This Persian force appears to have just been assembled from the surrounding areas of Sardis to respond to an immediate threat. It would take some time for the Persians to divert resources into the region to begin a campaign of resubjugation. This would see the Greeks left to continue the revolt with it growing and spreading into other regions that were under the control of the Persians. Leaders of the Ionian Revolt would continue to seek support from the Greek mainland, but as Herodotus says, they would have nothing else to do with them. However, they would also be busy sending representatives to other areas within and around Anatolia. This would see that the cities along the Hellespont through to the Propontis would join the revolt, with even the city of Byzantium joining. To the south of Ionia was the region of Caria, where many of the Greek cities there would also be convinced that the time was now right to rebel against the Persians. While even further away, the island of Cyprus would break out into a revolt where apparently it seems feelings were mixed over Persian rule, and internal rebellion was needed to enact a resistance to Persian rule. Now, it can be a little difficult to tell exactly when these events were occurring in relation to one another, but it has mostly been accepted that the Battle of Ephesus took place in 498, with the revolt spreading in that same year. However, by the next campaigning season in 497, it appears a Persian response was now in motion. Herodotus' account would first deal with the campaign to take back control of Cyprus. Over on Cyprus, the various small kingdoms had joined in attempting to shake off Persian control. However, not all were in favour of this. The king, Gorgos of Salamis, had sympathies with the Persians, and because of this, he was locked out of his city as the revolt started. He would make his way to Anatolia, where he'd inform the Persians of what was taking place on the island. The Persians would quickly assemble a force to sail to Cyprus and bring it back under control. Well, I hope you enjoyed that taste of what's happening over on Patreon. If you would like to support the series, please consider heading over to Patreon, where you can gain access to the full version of this episode, plus many more. Alternatively, you can head to the Casting Through Ancient Greece website and click on the Support the Series button, where you can discover many ways to extend your support to the show. Thank you everyone for listening to the series, and I hope you continue to enjoy what is to come in the future.